Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy! I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler-Hogan. We met as actors on the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on... And around... A bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Hey there, Kelly. Well, happy season two premiere to you as well, Malin. It's pretty exciting stuff. And and I feel like I just got to see you. So it's nice, uh, nice to have caught up a little bit. It, it really is. For those who are, you know, listening and have been following along with my journey and sending such kind messages uh, with that, I did get out to Los Angeles for my general meeting with Seth MacFarlane last week. He did see my work as an illustrator on Instagram and decided to bring me in to his um, his, his studio for a meeting. And Balin was kind enough actually to accompany me almost all, all of the way there. Yeah, I, w- I was going to try to sit in and just offer Kelly my assistance if she needed it at any point. Turns out they had only, I guess, put Kelly's name in for the meeting. So I was not able to get a badge and get up to the floor, but I had a great time sitting in the lobby of the building and just kind of seeing the comings and goings. It's nice to feel sort of in the in the industry again. But yeah, so how did it go up there? I felt so supported by just knowing even that you were downstairs in the lobby waiting. Oh, that I really think I did pretty well. I mean, time will tell, right? But I did feel sort of an incredible rapport with Seth. You know, you hear people say these things about, oh, we must have known each other in a former life. And I really felt that way about Seth McFarlane, which I didn't, I hadn't expected to. It sort of took me by surprise. Um, The hour passed quickly, let's say. I will keep you all posted on the journey. You know, there are things I can say and can't say um, as things percolate, but hopeful that it will turn into something great. That's so exciting. And and it was great to just see you in person. We've been doing these over Zoom, but having you in LA and just, you know, grabbing a coffee felt uh, kind of like the old days. I know, really special. It was really special to see you and to hear the progress you're making on your adapted screenplay of your one woman show. Also hugely exciting yeah. for me. Oh yeah. No, thanks for kind of letting me bounce some ideas off of you. Yeah. I'm, I'm scrapping the underwater thing. I don't think that's going to ultimately work, but I did appreciate you uh, letting me talk through that a little bit. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I'm all for simplicity and of course shooting underwater would it have yeah. added a... Yeah. No, I was, I was glad to hear you remind me of the logistics of shooting something. It's, it's going to be harder if it's underwater. And so it was uh, helpful to come back down to earth a little bit and, uh, try to ground my my work in, in the way that um, will, will be filmable. Yeah. But still so excited for you. And you know what else I'm excited about, Malin? Oh boy, I'm excited too. Today we're talking season two, episode one or episode 201. And we have a special guest here today to help us do that. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear in our voices. We're a little bit nervous <laughs> if we're being <laughs> honest. Uh, we are in the company of a huge star. A huge star. <laughs> and I think if I hadn't run into him at Gelson's last week. This might not be happening, uh, but I saw him and boy, oh boy, I wouldn't let him leave (laughs) until he agreed to do this show. You know him from Driving the Bus. You know him from a lot of other projects now too, as well. A couple Marvel movies, right? He played opposite Blake Lively. Yes. And Diana, Diana Bones Project Grecian Gore a couple years back, um, which again, neither of us were involved in. Malin did go out for the role that ultimately went to Blake, but, um, ah, <laughs> yeah, we, um, because we are so excited to have him today, we actually had our sound engineer put together a little 
a little cue. And if you don't mind, we're going to bring him on to that. And the Emmy goes to? Emmy goes to. And the Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series goes to, <laughs> no surprise here, Gus McKinnick riding around. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so today, as you can hear, we have on Gus McKinnick. Welcome, Gus. Welcome, Gus. How did it make you feel to hear all of that just now? Did it bring back some memories of working with us? Hi. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, that specifically sort of evokes a time, not necessarily with uh, with the two of you specifically, but definitely a time in my life where, you know, we we were much more uh, connected. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. And today is just really bringing me back to that time. Mm-hmm. We used sure. to see every day on set and now less so. But uh, yes. we feel lucky to have you here today well, and very to lucky. Here. It's good yeah. to be here. You've been so busy. It was so hard to track you down. And Yeah, Diana had said she was going to help put us in touch. And t- I'm not sure exactly why I wasn't totally working out. But then last week when I saw you at Gelson's, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is what do they say? Kismet? Kismet? This is so, yeah. Ah, yeah. You know, I think I'm really trying to limit my screen time. So I don't know if that was maybe what was an issue before. Oh, sure. I don't know Smart how you were sense. reaching out or, or mm-hmm. if it was. Oh yeah. Text message, email. email sort of. I've tried a number of ways. Yeah. But yeah. that is smart. And that is why you're one of the best in the biz is you have learned how to really keep those blinders on. And yeah, exactly. And, and focus your attention on, on the work, which I so respect. Yeah. And um, what are you working on these days that's been keeping you so busy? Can we ask? Is there anything you're able to say? Yeah, yeah. Well, I have my um, I have my new book coming out in the driver's seat, it's called. Oh. You know, it's sort of about my time on the show, how I got into it. Uh, it's definitely about, you know, the things that changed as the kind of the rocket ship took off, you know, as we mm-hmm. got into the to the later seasons. It's about some of the some of the struggles that come along with that. It's about where I've been since then. It's about where I was before that. Uh, and hopefully it's about where I'm going to go. Wow. I cannot wait to read this. You know, I am a huge reader, big fan of books. And so to hear that you're writing one, I mean, I, I'm pre-ordering that thing. That's in the driver's seat. By Gus it's, I'm, it's so glad to hear you're you're such a, you're still such a huge fan of books because I oh, do yeah. remember on set you had um, you know you you were always carrying that big book around with you and it, took, it seemed like it took you forever to read but yeah yeah Cryptonomicon it's a it's just massive it's so big it took me ages but but you um, did get through it eventually <laughs> oh that's so great I'd love to chat <laughs> offline about that because that's one I'm I'm sure I'm never going to read but I'd love to sort of well. Get you your know, knowledge. I, I know mm-hmm. I never was super interested in hearing about it when we were working together. <laughs> um, but, you know, now as an author, my interest is kind of peaked. I don't know if you if you want to share, you know, kind of some of your takeaways from Cryptonomicon. Well, you know, I think I think one of the things I would say is that for starters, it's a novel. And so that that might be a bit different than what you're probably doing. Oh, with, see, with I was thinking book. of like a Freakonomics or a sort of explainer book. So no, this is a, it's fictional then. Okay. That's right. Yeah. It's a 1999 novel by Neil Stevenson. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, he writes a lot about sort of sci-fi and, um, you know, he'll often set things in different time periods. And so, so it's a novel, but he, but he writes about sci-fi within the novel. 
That's right. Yeah. I think <laughs> you might, you might put it under the umbrella of speculative fiction. People might do that. And okay. so. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic, you know, it's been years, you know, to, to, to give me some credit here. I couldn't summarize the story I read for my daughters last night before bed. Totally. So, I, <laughs> and then the show ended in 2013, of course. So, you know, it has, right. it's been years since I've read this book right. and I don't know if we're suggesting that maybe I haven't actually read the book and I'm pulling up the Wikipedia article or something right now, but I, I assure you that I read all 918 pages of that. Um, it's just been a while. Sure, totally. Yeah. yeah. We do, obviously, as artists, as now authors, learn a lot from consuming other art. So I do love the question. Were there any books right. that you looked to for inspiration or anything? Or was it really just your your life you were drawing on? Yeah, I was mostly drawing on, you know, my life. I've had a very unique life. Um, mm -hmm. Don't we yeah. know it? I mean, we were pri privileged to have a, a front seat view to it for many years. Totally, totally. And we, so many of my experiences that, that are fairly unique, we shared, you know, on the, on the set. And then some of the more even cool and special ones you weren't there for, neither you were there for. Some of the kind of like the more fun stuff or the, you know, just the better stuff that happened kind of later. But yeah. some of the early stuff, you know, that's like kind of more relatable you were there for. Right. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking about when we got picked up to go to season two. Um, and this was our first episode back. And I feel like that's maybe one of those times that we all could talk about because we all were there and all equally, I mean, equally, but like we were all participating in that in that moment. That was a total pinch myself moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting a second season of, a, of acting work on a comedy show. What a mm -hmm. dream come true for all of us to share that together. That was so special. And Gus, we've talked about this before, but Kelly and I both obviously auditioned to play the role of Tom. We obviously did not get it. Right. But could you talk to us about your audition and just how you came to be on Riding Around? Sure. Yeah. My audition, you know, even to call it an audition is kind of inaccurate it, they had been trying to get me to do the show for for weeks mm -hmm. weeks weeks months and years even um you don't say and i had turned the part of tom down a few times i you mm -hmm. know i just sort of thought you know how much meat is there to this to this bbq that's one of the phrases <laughs> i yes i use mm -hmm. when i'm choosing my roles you know and at that point in my career it was important it's even more important now you know with the type of opportunities I'm getting, the roles they're bringing to me, you do really want to sure make, you want to make sure it's a meaty BBQ, you know, course. Um, because some of the superhero stuff, some of the animated stuff, you know, these like huge franchises, I'm signing 10 picture deals. It's like mm -hmm. when you're locked in at that level, you got to make sure that there's enough stake on your bone. Yeah. Right. You don't want to be too hitting much bone. bone. Right. Yeah. Right. When you're digging your teeth in. Hitting the, bone the after rib or the, meat the first or, you know. or second one. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You want you want to at least have one full bite before you hit any bone. Because, of course. Of course. And obviously we're speaking in metaphor. So, you know, in terms of the listeners of the show, is it is it a lot of, are they in the industry or is it kind of uh, civilians? It's mostly civilians. I'm finding I'm breaking down a lot of industry terms to make sure we're not losing anyone. Totally. So so just to clarify for the civilians at home, I'm what's called offer only. So I'm not auditioning for parts. So so for Tom, I did not audition. I was offered it. I turned it down six or seven times. I think in between they maybe went 
Sounds like they went to you. I'd- well, I wouldn't say they came to us. Uh, right. We we went to them. You know, I think during that period, they they were offering the part, obviously, to you they several times. They were casting times, a pretty wide net. And then had to open things up. Sure. And I think that's how Kelly and I got, you know, in that casting office. Gotcha. Well, I'm so glad it worked out the way it did and we all got to do the show together. Oh, me too. Can you imagine if either of you had been Tom? That would have been... Oh, it would have been, I mean, it would have changed my life. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, that would have been the opportunity, but really happy with where I ended up, you know, at sure. playing Jackie Fontaine Boucher, a single mother of one girl played by two twins on the show. I'm sure you remember, but. Right. And now I can't see you as anything but Jackie. And Kelly, I wouldn't want to be anything but Jackie. No, you know, I'm, right. I'm really happy with having landed her and having played her for seven seasons, just the uh, job of a lifetime. So I understand Diana promised you big things then in order to get you to take the show, right? You were heavily involved with your storylines in a way that, you know, I kind of wish I could have been because I got written into some things that, um, you know, wouldn't have been my choice per se, uh, but obviously I made do and, you know, me, I'm an actor's actor, so it worked out. But what was that like being able to kind of tell them I'm doing this. Right. Cause the rest of us sort of strictly forbidden from any interaction with the writer's room yes. and told, you know, keep your noses out of the creative process where we write for you. It's not the other way around. I, I imagine that was a different experience. I did of course have, you know, 100% approval, complete creative control yeah. mm-hmm. over Tom's storylines and also actually over Marsha's storylines as well. Um, so a lot of that stuff that you weren't super into, I think some of that, might it sounds like might have been coming from me. I'm, I don't oh. know if I'm. It's crazy we never communicated about that in the moment. We were also we must have, we were so busy with everything. We yeah. never really oh, got man. into it. But a lot of those storylines were sort of coming from me. Just to kind of I didn't want Tom to feel too. Um, I wanted him to be a man of the people. I wanted him to kind of mm-hmm. you know be touching on these real issues. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of that stuff I just did kind of to make my character look better. That makes um, sense because, you know, Marsha was constantly running for public office in the small town where the show was set. And yeah, so having her character, having creative control over her character as she's campaigning on these issues, social justice and progressivism and all these things, that would then make it easier for Tom to appear to be a man of the people if he can sort of get in on some of the stuff she's campaigning on. That makes a lot of sense now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I appreciated you letting me win an election, you know, eventually down the line in one of those seasons. But you did have me. Uh, I was playing a loser <laughs> for, for a lot of the show, yes. which was which was tough for me because I I like to win. I do like to win. And right. so to not get to play a winner was challenging in times. Yeah, I, well, I didn't. That's so funny you say that because I didn't even, you know, in the moment when you're in the moment and you kind of have the the metaphorical pen in your hand, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where. It, it's mightier than the sword and I'm coming up with these storylines and, you know, I, I, I hadn't even considered how it would kind of, um, you know, how it would feel to play such a loser. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, to, to borrow uh, your phrase from earlier, you did give me a lot of meat to work with. <laughs> so yes, uh, yes, I do, yes. uh, I will say I appreciate that. So th- thank you for that. Gus, were you read the Emmys that happened last week by any chance so, you know i obviously you're an emmy winner and um we're just curious because you know we've been we we went what was that i definitely season? attended yeah seasons five six and seven i think kelly you and i got to got to right. attend finally right. got a seat yeah. at the table there yeah yes so walk me through this i obviously never won an emmy when you 
are, the envelope is being opened, right? What's going through your head in that moment? Are you thinking of shoot, shoot, shoot? Let me remember the people I have to thank. Are you thinking of, you know, bracing yourself if you lose? Whoa, what what's in your mind? Yeah, well, so my situation was a little unique in that, you know, sort of similar to the deal I had on the show. I was not I was not showing up to the awards if I wasn't winning. So I knew beforehand, right? You know that I would be winning. I knew sort of I had creative control over over the the entire awards broadcast. So I know which bits they're doing. I know who they're cutting to after what. You know, I know they're going to make the joke about. Well, there's Gus and and Hong Kong get mm-hmm. get on the bus. Gus mm-hmm. the bus, right? You know. <laughs> So I, I had cleared all that. So for me, the main thing I'm trying to do is I don't want to reveal that to the audience at home because to them, this is magic. To them, this is real. It's like, it's like professional wrestling, right. you know? Um, so I'm just trying to not tip my hand in the knowledge that I have already won the award. Even knowing you personally, I, I didn't know that you knew. You know, I'm sitting there, you know, a little bit across, but yeah, seeing your face, I did not think you were going to win. You looked pretty nervous. So well done. Well, thank you so much. And and talk to us about your speech process. I mean, are you writing that in advance? Is it off the dome? Because you thanked a lot of the cast. You know, I tried to I tried to thank everyone who had an impact on my performance that you know that got mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to where I was going. So I don't remember if I did mention um, the two of you. Not by name, but I would say it, I felt very included when you said, and the rest of the riding around family, I felt mm-hmm. a part of that. And I felt that you, you know, I, I thought I saw a glance of eye contact. I could be, but yes, I definitely felt included. In well, that. I didn't know where you were. So if I, if there was eye contact, that was not intentional. I was not, I did not know where you were. Oh, that that's moment. so funny. Okay. I thought I even maybe saw a wink, but that was just purely imagined on my part. It sounds like that was definitely, definitely not uh, what you thought it was. Oh, <laughs> that's so, wow. Gosh egg on my face. You know who, someone who was always mentioned in Emmy speech of yours, um, Andrea Merman, of course, the, the actress who played Lily, who was your love interest on the yes. show. Listeners, watchers have called her the Pam to your Jim. I don't know. Again, we've said this, is, we're not talking Pam and Jim. We're talking Tom and Lily. It's a superior storyline in almost every way. And, you know, because of some of the, because of some of the legal issues regarding how close some of those storylines were and my role in the creation of them. I'm really not supposed to kind of comment on, I don't even, I can't even say if I've heard of Pam or Jim or oh sure any okay. of that. Of so, course. you know, I mentioned this when we ran into each other that there's some stuff I wouldn't right. be able to kind of talk about. So of co- yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, apologize. I don't know if this is, I don't know if that was on purpose or what. No, 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 that's no. Sorry. Me. I that's, didn't. Yeah. That's sorry. Chalk it up to us being new to podcasting. Um, we gotcha. we can absolutely make sure nothing crosses the line going forward. And yeah, so just sort of th- that stuff will kind of stay away from. Well, that. and you had requested you know final approval on this, so I'll we'll send you the absolutely. rough cut and and you let us know what you're cool with keeping yeah. in. Yeah. And if you could, speaking of that final approval, if you could, you know, I sent you some of the phrases that I need y'all to yes kind of say specifically around the book and my presence here. So I don't, if mm-hmm. you want to work those in organically or do you want to just do them now and you can kind of drop them in? Oh yeah. Of course. I mean, of course. we can, we can just sort of record them now maybe and then have our sound engineer chop things up. So it sounds sure, like yeah. they're a little more distributed, but just yeah. so we don't lose it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, um, a joy to read. Great. Cannot wait to read what is sure to be the number one bestseller in the country. Great. Start to finish. A delight. 
So I don't know how many of these are pulled quotes or, you know, I don't know if you want us those on are the going cover. on the jacket. For- <gasps> yeah, those are going on the jacket. Oh, what an honor. Yeah, they said I needed like, you know, you can't have everyone on the quotes. They said it shouldn't all be A-list. You need some like B, C, D kind of. Oh, I'm just curious. Who, who, what A-listers are you? Um- Obama's. <gasps> Holy cow. Sasha Malia. Um, oh, younger. Oh, wow. So Sasha and Malia, they're tough gets. They're the well, future. yeah, you know, I'm trying to kind of reinvent and make sure I stay relevant with the kind of Gen Z crowd. Some of the new projects I'm working on, I have a more kind of family-oriented bent. So I'm just kind of trying to stay relevant with the... Yeah, you've done such a good job. Of, I would say someone my age does not always adapt to new me- media, new technology, but your TikTok right. is one of the... One of the more delightful things I've seen on that app, you've done a great job of keeping yourself young and fresh and in dialogue with your younger viewers. How did you get started over there on that platform? Well, that's just to clarify, none, none of that is me. I'm not even in that. So they use a technology called uh, CGI. You are not serious. CGI. This is all CGI what I've seen on TikTok? Yes. So, you know, obviously I have creative control. I have final approval, but yeah. I'm not there for any of that. And that's sort of just my team um, wow. trying to keep me involved. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same crew that works with Jack Black and uh, Anthony Hopkins. They kind of handle crew all that their did stuff. The Ab- ABBA concert recently. No, that's a hologram yeah. only. Con- no, oh no, no. Gosh. Same same group. They did the wow. ABBA concert. Um, they worked with Tupac uh, before and after. Um Okay, because there are rumors, and again, you'll tell me to cut this if this isn't okay, but we did hear that your last few Marvel appearances, you never set foot on the set of those, that it was just entirely uh, created in post. Is that correct? Are you allowed to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, so that's, you know, just kind of some of the stuff I said I didn't really want to get into because of the legal oh, issues. Oh my God, so. sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm practicing yeah. using your list as a, as a to-do list here. Um, <laughs> you know what we can get into? Let's... Let's recap the episode, huh? Let's get into yeah, sure. yeah. Sure. Before I say anything else, that's um right. uh, on, right. the, on the bad list. To put a sock in Mullen's mouth. Here, I'll <laughs> go ahead and read the the TV guide synopsis. The city of Bristol introduces a new fare system for the bus, which sparks complaints amongst regular riders. Meanwhile, the woman of the bus helped Jackie prepare for her first date since the death of her husband. Heavy lifting for you in this episode, right. Kelly. Coveted B story for me, and ugh. Gosh, I mean, just one of those where it's like they do comedy and they do drama and they put them together and, you know, they really pull your heartstrings while you're laughing. And our writers were so good at that. And mm-hmm. this was an episode definitely where I feel like I got to play a little bit of both. Yeah, I think there had been hints in the first season that you were a widow, but we didn't get those graphic details till this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little tough for me because at this point, you know, as we discussed in our episode of Kevin Concealer, I was newish to Hollywood still. I was not wanting to seem sexually unavailable and thus like, you know, maybe not castable in other roles. So I was still pretending around set that I wasn't married, uh, leaving my ring and my car and that kind of stuff. So amongst the crew, amongst the writers, there was a lot of assumption about me, Kelly, being on a similar dating journey to Mm -hmm. my character, Jackie. And so I was some ways living a double life on set, which is a little stressful for me this episode. Yeah, I know. I I feel silly because I think I was always telling you like, use it, use it. You're a single mm-hmm. woman and you actually couldn't use it because you were happily married to an alive man at the time. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's, I had no idea that was, that was going on. Oh yeah. If you were picking up any 
sort of random sexual energy for me in that time, it was because, <laughs> you know, gosh, I, I feel so silly even saying it now, but just thought at the time as a young actress that this is what they want from me. They want a body. They want holes. Mm -hmm. And that's Oof. what I am, what I provide. So now, thankfully, older, wiser, don't do that sort of stuff anymore. But you put your ring in the car, you said? Yeah, I would leave my ring, my wedding ring in the glove compartment of my Dodge van. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is so smart. Okay, thank you. You know, because I'm thinking, well, it's not entirely crazy. You know, if you want to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. create the illusion of desirability, number one, you got to be available. Yeah, well, I didn't even know you could do that. So that's... Well, but you're a happily married man, Tom. So, oh, sorry, Gus. It's so funny that you confuse, you know, I get that so often, I think, because my portrayal of Tom was so you know, robust that people feel like they really know a Tom, even, even people who work on the show, which is a great compliment to the work. But, you know, I am, I am a happily married man, but, um, sort of like you were speaking to, that does sort of box you in, in the type of roles that, that you're going to be given. And now that I'm learning, you, you, so you're saying you were just lying about that? Yeah. For the first year and a half that I was working on writing around, I was lying about my relationship status. That is so interesting. All sort of came to a head. And what happened is that he surprised me with a set visit one day and, you know, came up and, and tried to kiss me on the cheek. And I was sort of like, ah, no, don't, don't do that. Not here. And he said, what do you mean not here? And then I sort of had to go into my trailer and have a chat with him about the strategy I was trying to employ. Okay. Uh, so that's who that was. Yeah, that was my, that you, was my, my husband. You had said that was a delivery person. Yeah, I had said it was a delivery person who I was seeing regularly enough from food drop off to warrant a kiss on the cheek. But no, that was my husband, Derek. Yeah. Because that affected, I thought that was the norm. So I was letting my delivery people give me a kiss on the cheek for like, for years after that, because I uh, thought I had been kind of left out of the loop on that. Well, I'm so sorry if my, you know, it's that thing where a lie can snowball, right? It becomes a bigger yeah. and bigger lie. And so I'm really sorry for anyone I affected with my silliness, the silliness of your 20s, you know. And Derek really became convinced, Kelly, that you had some sort of fling with someone on set. And it was kind of a whole thing there for right, a little which bit. Of course, I never did. I would never have become unprofessional in that way. It was just that I was pretending to be, you know, so was I mm -hmm. pretending to flirt? Yeah, of course, with everyone. And Cast Derek is your husband? Craft services. Yeah, Derek's my husband. Yep. We did all go to dinner that one time. Uh, Gus, I don't know if you remember. I still thought he was a delivery guy at that point. Oh, oh that's so funny. I don't okay. think that had been fully clarified to me yet. Okay, that makes sense. So I'm sense. sitting at dinner going, mm -hmm. is he is he bringing separate food from, from <laughs> the restaurant we're at? I was so, I, the whole time, that's why I was so checked out of that. I was trying to figure out what you were doing the mental math on. Yeah. Then should you have invited your delivery person? Exactly. So when did you, when did you get married? So I was married before the show even started. We went on the air in 2006. I think Derek and I got married mm -hmm. in 2005. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that, the white dress that you had, that I saw in your closet, mm -hmm. that was the, what, that was your wedding dress. Yeah. I would bring that to set. <laughs> you to said that was your food delivery dress. Yeah, no, that was my wedding dress. Gosh, Gus, I'm so sorry. Jeez. I I feel oh, I feel. And Malin, did you know about this at the time? Not initially, no. I I think I was confused with the whole delivery guy stuff as well. Um, and and again, trying to encourage Kelly to use that experience of being alone and a lonely person right, for her character right. on the show. But no, I think I realized. I mean, at the dinner, I think I was by then I was fully aware. Yeah. Wow. 
you were one of the earlier people that I brought into the loop because I just was like, I can't live like this anymore. And I was going through my first divorce at the time and I opened up to you about relationship stuff and, and kind of thinking like, Hey, two single gals. And you had to kind of let me in on, I'm actually not, I'm actually happily married. Um, so right. I did find out at that time. Yeah. Hold on. You were married. Yes. I, I have been married a, f- a few times. You would have met, I'm trying to think which, when we went to the dinner, um, cause you were with somebody at the dinner. Yes. Yes. Right. So it gets confusing cause they have all had the same name, same first name. Mm-hmm. You would have met John at the time. Um, but which John it was, I guess I'm struggling a little bit. Uh, I think it would have been Chef John, the one who worked in, in the food industry. Mm-hmm. So I think that I was so confused at that dinner because. Right, because he wouldn't take his hat off. Chef John wouldn't take his hat off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chef John loved to peacock. We'll say that. Mm-hmm. Anyone else at that dinner could have seen that this was not meant to be a lasting pairing. But, you know, I just, I love a man in uniform. I'm just now realizing I was so disconnected from the cat. You know, like, I'm I'm sorry. I was so... That's okay. That's okay, Gus. I mean, that's why we're happy to be talking to you now. And I do remember thinking at that dinner, like, how lucky we were to be kind of spending some, you know, personal time time together right. rare personal time we got to to snag with you as you were already so busy between and who and so who were those kids at the dinner who were the kids so those were the two girls who played kelly's daughter on the mm-hmm. show carrie and samantha yeah. they alternated oh, wow. yeah so you would have been in scenes with them as well at some mm-hmm. point yeah i guess i think when we were at dinner i thought that was i thought they was there a reason i thought they owned the restaurant well, they were certainly very self-possessed young women. Um, yeah, and they were running around acting like they geez. owned the restaurant, just sort of crashing into things and showing no regard for, for the employees. So, I, I, yeah, I can understand how that it could have come off that way. Man, wow. So this must have been a really hard episode for you, what with all that going on. You know, this episode, I remember a difficult, yes, challenging, yes, but an honor to get a B story because I, I hadn't sort of hadn't had that so far. My daughter had had a B story, um, but I myself had not really gotten featured in the way that I'd hoped I would be on the show. So your daughter is on the show? So the, uh, my, my, the character, my daughter, the character, Sylvia. And that was not your real daughter? No. They would not okay. be born for another few years. Mm-hmm. Wow, uh, Kelly's okay. two two real life daughters. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got we got to get Gus on your uh, Christmas newsletter <laughs> list, oh, yeah. Kelly. That'll clear things up. And you, they're very funny. You should you I'm should see them. I'm limiting the screen. I am limiting screen time, so you know I don't know. Oh no, this is a completely. This is through the mail. Paper so copy. Don't yeah. you worry about it. You'll just. I'll probably have someone ask you just for your address. Of, I after do this. have a limit on this sort of amount of stuff I can process visually it's not really about the screens as much as about oh, okay kind of yeah. what that is. Okay. no that but. makes sense well speaking of reading scripts etc we get asked a lot about rebooting the show and mm-hmm. so far you know NBC has not indicated uh, that that is something they would be up for but we've been asking the cast members who have guested on the show is that something you would be up for totally I think it would be really interesting to see how you do it without me Oh, so oh. you pers- you don't think that you maybe would have time to participate, but you would give your blessing maybe to NBC? Oh, absolutely. I think I think it would be really, you know, good for a new generation to be able to kind of find the work. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I wouldn't be involved directly. Oh, okay. But I think it would be interesting to watch. 
I've been getting into writing a little bit and, you know, again, no one's asking for this, but I have, I've started outlining a little, just an idea for, for a, a reboot, just a pilot episode. And I do have you, I do have you in it. Um, I oh. guess maybe I could, I guess we can recast. We can recast the driver. They have a lot of these self-driving vehicles now. So you, <gasps> oh, you, now that's you, an idea, isn't you it? You don't yeah. even really need a driver for a lot of these things. Yeah. Okay. A self-driving yeah. public bus. I, I love that because then you get in, you know, the tech of it all. And that's something we definitely were lacking. I mean, in the A story of this episode we're recapping today, gosh, there's, you know, a new ticket taker for the bus and mm-hmm. everybody goes wild and sort of loses it on, on your character, Tom. Yeah. So imagine that, but even more modern technology. Mm-hmm. That actor who played the ticket taker, I'm sorry, who was that? Who was he married to? So I don't actually know if he brought a spouse on set because he it was just sort of a, a one episode thing. But in, in in between every take, I would see him on the phone and he was so worked up and he was saying, he was like, we got to get the paperwork. Yeah. So I think his, his mother was pretty ill at the time. And so I think that was sort of a figuring out her, the estate. I think he was gotcha. kind of going through that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so kind, Mullen. And so typical of you that you would go and go the extra mile and actually t- talk to him about what was happening. Cause I was so, you know, Oh, well I got a big scene today. I can't be present for him in that way. So it was really nice of you to, well, his phone calls were in. pretty loud. So I did want to mm. kind of ask mm. him to keep it down a little bit as some of us were trying to really get in the headspace of someone who's confused by a new fare system on a bus. Right. He was kind of interfering with that. Cause he's just, he's like, I, I don't want the house. I want my mom. You know, it's, it was, it was a weird day. Yeah. Very he weird. He kept day. saying that. As yeah. if there was some, there was like a choice between the house and his mom. Right. Yeah, so stupid of him. But hey, in grief, we sometimes get emotional. Wow. Right. Yeah. I'm so. I'm just totally having such a moment of realizing how I really wasn't as plugged into the team as I thought I was. So I'm. So, I'm just. I do want to say sorry about that. Oh, you don't need Gus, to apologize. No apologies needed. And now, and now, you know, it's hard to get in touch with me, and and I've been really kind of distant. I just want to say I'm sorry for that. What we always say is we're a family. And I think mm-hmm. most of us out there with families might see some something we recognize in our own families as well with that, right? We've got, there's a cousin you can't always get a hold of. There's a patriarch who's just not around so much. There's a mm-hmm. mother who's being nasty. Mm-hmm. Sure. And sorry, just to clarify, <laughs> in, the, in those, I'm the cousin and the mother and the patriarch? <laughs> No, oh, I, I don't wouldn't think, say, you know, no. I just, I'm honestly, I'm just, I'm just spewing bullshit here, Gus. Don't, don't read anything too much into it. Yeah. 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 But just, just in the way of, you know, when you, there are elements of family where sometimes you're very close, you're very present, you're with one another and then sometimes things fade and then, you, but you always find your way back to one another. And that's what's even, been so. I don't even fucking remember this episode. I don't even fucking remember this. Oh, okay. So you didn't, so you weren't able to screen it ahead of time. Okay. So is any of it sounding familiar as we sort of talk about the, the, at least I'm the, just, I'm the really summary? I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I don't fucking remember any of this shit. Okay. Guess I just want to say to you, you know, as a, as a friend, I think, um, just you're here to promote your book, right. And you're here to endear yourself maybe to, so I think, I think our writing around fans might like to hear that you have some fond memories of that time. I, I thought I did. I thought. But now I'm learning all this shit was fucking fake. Like you, you were married the whole time, and I don't even really, I don't even fucking remember this shit. Oh well, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Really have to apologize if my behavior, uh, you know, on the set 
it was so much to do with me and nothing to do with anyone else. It was, you know, the illusions and just the stress I had about being a part of this, frankly, pretty crazy industry, right? We all got tossed and turned around by it mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. those days. You know, we all got pretty tossed and turned around by it. And so, but the, you know, the way I behaved on set was not at all a reflection of you or your lack of attention or presence. It was just, you know, what I was doing for self-preservation at the time. And I think we all had our own, you know, that's what's so interesting about film and TV work is that you show up every day, you're doing these long hours and you're bringing some of yourself to set. But some of it, you're, you're leaving at home. We were all doing that in some capacity. And so you were bringing your your most professional work self to this set and then maybe not absorbing as much of the personal stuff. And that's completely fine. I'm going to give back my Emmy. Oh, Gus. No, Gus. I don't think you need to do that. I'm going to give back my Emmy because I didn't. No. I, I don't feel like, like, obviously, I was so, you know, it's a collaborative process, and I wasn't collaborating. Obviously, I was kind of in my own little world. I didn't even realize, know what was happening with you. I didn't even ask. I got on here, and I didn't even ask how you were doing, either of you. I didn't even ask how you were doing. Well, well just, in some yeah. ways, that's what made you so great at your job. You know, it's why you did excel. I think a lot of people who get bogged down in the personal stuff, they can't they can't make it all happen. And you have the career that we've both dreamed of. Don't think about it for another single second. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. Well, you've got exciting. Um, I'm really unhappy. Should we cut for a second? Do, do, would you like? Yeah, a moment, yeah, yeah, Gus, yeah. Because to... we don't have to keep. Um, I don't know if you wanted to. Your publicist is on. She's on mute in here. I don't know. Um, it's fine. She doesn't she's... care about me. She just gets paid. Okay. Yeah, she seemed. She was frosty when we were. Um, this is the first time I met her. Set. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Are you sure about that? Have you maybe had a years-long relationship with her? (laughs) Not really realized it, or I just... Hold on. Let me look. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) I think think maybe I met her. I maybe met her, like, a few years ago, but look... (laughs) It's hard. It's hard when you're like yeah, kind of top of the food chain and everything runs around you and it's like a whole economy. Like I know, if I, I know. miss a day of work, it's like a whole economy. It's like, yeah, it's I really all screwed can't up. imagine. Yeah. Is shooting during COVID was that stressful because you there's so much pressure on the star of a vehicle not to get sick, not to get sick because yeah. then you're rebooking locations. You know, there's insurance, there's extras, there's crew. This is what we've read. So I mean, stressful. neither of us worked. Uh, for the past right at all during COVID, yeah. a little bit. That's a silver lining. You're lucky because it was so stressful. First, you're learning your lines. Then you, like, I had COVID, so I had to keep that oh. from everyone. I had to make sure no one knew I had COVID because then, if I have COVID, so then I'm on set. I'm coughing into a coffee mug. Came on set with active COVID. Yeah, and that was hard for me because. First of all, the brain fog. So that so so you have that going on. Mm. And meanwhile, no one can know it's happening. I couldn't even be honest about it because then I guess like you get shut down or whatever and it's right. like Oh, that sounds like it must have been so difficult for you. Yeah. 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 And to also then to know that you infected that many people on set, that must be hard as well. Just on right. you mentally. Like I know. 
that's that's and that's added stress for you then trying to right. perform and be on because they're all going they're all going something about our system isn't working because everyone says they're fine and then all of a sudden the tests are showing positive 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 pop positive, positive, positive. And i'm in the corner going <coughs> it's not I, i'm going yeah this is so crazy you know i don't even know what's happening you know so and you had, I, did you have some sort of special dispensation where you did not test? Is that what was going on? Or were you using someone else's saliva? How far did this go? I had an arrangement uh-huh. where I was able to do the test with someone else. And if one of us was negative, then we were cleared. Okay. So if one of you were negative, that both of you were, were cleared. It was a situation where I had an arrangement <laughs> Where I would test at the same time as someone else. Okay. And as long as we weren't both positive, we were eligible. Okay, now I get it. I get it. And th- these are these perks of being a star that, you know, Malin, no yeah, offense we're to just you not or no there. offense to me, but we're not there yet. So we don't know. I had no idea that sort of arrangement was even possible. <laughs> and like a lot of this is in my book, so. <gasps> okay. Well, yeah, let's get back to the to the book. So we were so happy to you know, do the the little verbal blurbs that we could do just now. And yeah, if you wanted to leave your future readers with one thought about the book or one, one little teaser, one little tidbit. Yeah. Is there something in there that you think will compel people to pick it up? A little anecdote you could tease for us from the book? Well, I have to redo a lot of the book because <laughs> one of the main chapters was about that dinner that we had. Oh, you don't say. Wow. Oh, this is exciting. Okay. Well, do you have to redo it or well, uh, take, you're not taking it out, right? It's just be no, some little edit. Please don't take it out. I'll change my whole life if it means I stay in that book. You know what? Yeah. I'm, I might have to just take it out because so much of the information was so inaccurate. You know, that's actually what you wouldn't want to do an editor's note. It could be actually an additional chapter is an explainer chapter for that book and actually everything that was going on. That- oh, yes. Here's my pitch. Sorry. I'm just very into writing these days. You do a little postscript where you talk about coming on this podcast and how that's really reframed a lot of your memories and mm-hmm. your views on your yeah. career so far. And so we get a little separate shout out there and maybe drive, you know, drive people to the show. We get a reboot. We, you know. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I am trying to limit my screen time, so I don't mm. know. Right, of course. Yeah, sorry. You keep having to remind me of that. I apologize. If I'll be able to do that, like taking right. a chapter out, that doesn't take a ton that's of screen time. That's a lot of screen time, I think. Oh, oh right. no, okay. Well, it doesn't take that much, but then if you're going in and making edits, that kind of is when you get into... How did you write this book? Was it sort of voice to text? Did you have a ghostwriter, if I'm allowed to ask? Or were you type, type, type in a way, you know, in a word doc? Well, for, you know, first of all, <laughs> I did say I did, there were some things I couldn't uh, get into legally. damn it. The, there's, I, I bolded ghostwriter on here. Don't but, ask about ghostwriter. Yeah, apologies. Okay. I'm happy to admit it's the same team that runs my TikTok. They're able to use this sort of AI software that writes in my voice that generates kind of Oh, I've you know, read about this. You you yeah. give them access to your Gmail account, your old G chats, your texts, yes. your FaceTimes and everything. And it can kind of compile. Cobble together. Yeah. Human yeah. portrait. That's wow. Yeah. Well, gosh, Gus, despite the emotional journey we've taken today, I hope we're leaving you 
a little happier than we found you because we've been able to reconnect. And is there is there anything while we have you that you'd like to plug? Obviously, everyone buy Gus's book in the driver's seat, which is hitting hitting bookshelves. When would that be this this fall sometime? Uh, that's going to come out 2029. Oh, Gus, that is really far away. We'll have to have you back on to, to promote a little closer to release, it sounds right, like. Yeah, in six years, maybe seven. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe we all kind of go out to dinner. I like the sound of that. Yeah. And kind of try and get something on the calendar to figure out next step. Because I do, I, I, uh, to be honest, I've, been, I've left this with more questions than answers about kind of what went down. Sure. We'll of have course. a little do-over. I'll bring my husband. I will properly introduce him as my husband. I'll bring my and, current uh, husband as well and make sure there's and no that's confusion. John? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know him? No, this one you don't know. He's a, he's a new one. He's uh, we, we met after the show. He was a bit of but a fan. He's a keeper. I'll say. Yes, I, yes, yes. Things are going, going pretty well. What does he do? Uh, he works in finance. Wow. Yeah, great guy. Does he does he wear the hat? Does he wear the same hat? No. So he's he's got a totally different uh, headwear situation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Gus, I appreciate you being so vulnerable, and just to hear you asking us questions about our personal lives right now is also really touching. Yeah, it feels good. I have to say, you know, yeah, to have the ear of one of the most val- like desired leading men in Hollywood right now, it feels good. And we thank you for your time. And you two were on the show. thank you so much to all of our listeners thank you also to kelsey bailey for our logo and to john purcell for our theme music and for mixing the show you can follow us at riding around pod on twitter and instagram and send your thoughts and questions to our email address ridingaroundpod at gmail.com please subscribe rate us and review us anywhere you find your podcasts and if you leave your favorite riding around memory in your review we'll read it in an upcoming show come back and join us next week we'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss see you then Hack, hack.